Hello, and welcome to No Means No Thing. No Means Nothing. We're not quite sure. Use your imagination. I'm Matthew. I'm Jordan. I'm Michelle. And uh, this is uh, episode nothing (laughs) of No Means No Thing. We decided to do this uh, little sort of preamble um, after we'd sort of already gotten a bunch of uh, episodes recorded and I started to, you know, poll a couple friends. Hey, would you listen to the thing I made? And they were like, yeah. And uh, it had not occurred to the three of us, any of us, that any uninitiated person might be listening to this podcast. And so uh, we're realizing that there's a lot of lore. There's a lot of names. There's a lot of a whole bunch of everything uh, that we've already jammed into the podcast. And so um, there was no bio. So we have decided to introduce this band we're all obsessed with and uh, give you guys a little timeline and uh, introduction to the members of the band and sort of uh, what happened, where they started, where they went, and where they are now. Uh, and so um, this will be a little bit uh, shorter episode than uh, what you might cut into later. Um, but uh, No Means No is um, the topic, and uh, Jordan is going to start it off. All right, so who the hell are No Means No? I mean... Is this a band or a 70s anti-rape slogan? Why would anybody bother to dedicate a podcast to them? So No Means No is a sort of band that you usually see mentioned in Rolling Stone interviews with huge rock superstars when they wax lyrical about their influences. They're a band that your eye probably blew right past as you scan for what juicy gossip Dave Grohl was going to drop about Nirvana that you never heard before. But what you missed when you scan past their name any number of times in any number of interviews is the sheer awe with which some of the biggest names in rock speak about this band. No Means No is not just another punk band. Challenging, often difficult, always brilliant. No Means No is the kind of band that can hit certain people just right, open their minds to what's possible in music. They're a a band's band that defies easy categorization, but shoots straight for the guts. A band that keeps their that kept their integrity from the very first chords to the final release. And a band that's still whispered about in near religious tones by their faithful, by those lucky lucky enough to have ever seen them live. Mm-hmm. Michelle? Yeah. Okay, I'll do it. Alright. Attempts are often made to pigeonhole no means no. Jazz core is common as well as math rock, though they preceded that genre. Like math rock, No Means No was certainly influenced by the prog bands of the 60s and 70s, but also punk and jazz, new wave, and even Motown. No Means No sound is varied and impossible to categorize, neatly except within the skill of complexity and precision of the playing. Their lyrical content frequently contains dark and nihilistic themes, heavy imbued with philosophical references and subtext. Despite their relatively low profile, Many musicians have publicly expressed their appreciation for No Means No's music or acknowledged them as an influence. Uh, Kurt Cobain, Dave Grohl, Mike Patton, etc., etc., etc. In a 2012 interview, Frail Armisen acknowledged that he would loved to have the would love to have had the Wright Brothers on Portlandia in uh, cameo roles, and this was reportedly suggested to Rob Wright, who laughed the idea off. No Means right No. Restri- <laughs> no means no restricted their income from music to touring and merch sales and never seemed interested in trying to get their music into ads or TV or any promotion 
beyond the basics of being a touring band. They largely eschewed public attention during their existence, granting occasional interviews, but frequently employing false names and photos in their releases and press packs. And in fact, a photo of me pretending to be No Means No, <laughs> you as well, Michelle, actually ended up in their press pack and was printed onto, uh, I, I think I have it somewhere, but uh, a ticket somewhere in Poland or Slovenia or yep, something like that. Yep, I've got mine. It hangs on the fridge. It was in Poland. Yep, and a little quick little sidebar. You mentioned uh, Mike Patton from, you know, Faith and More, of course, Mr. Bungle, who I know more from. Uh, anybody who's interested can go and take a look on YouTube, look up Dead Cross, which is his latest band, and uh, It's Catching Up. And you can see him attempt with that band to do a cover of It's Catching Up. They're all really good musicians, and they cannot, they cannot fucking do it. So it just shows you how good No Means No is, that even a group of musicians who are really good they cannot play it. Wow, so, anyway. I'm going to check that out. So, No Meets No Solution uh, uh, issued 11 albums, including a collaborative album with Jello B. Offro, as well as numerous EPs and singles. They operated their own label, Wrong Records, during most of their existence, though the bulk of their LPs were released on alternative tentacles. No Meets No was formed in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada, in 1979 by brothers Rob and John Wright. Rob played the bass. I said bass. The bass. Oh my the boss. Rob the played the bass. The booze. He played the bass. He played a bass. He played a bass and also a salmon. He played it was the really bass. Rob played the bass and John played the drums. They also played guitar and keyboards respectively, and both brothers sang. This primarily bass and drums arrangement formed the nucleus of No Means No distinctive sound. The Wrights released some seven inches and their first full-length LP, Mama, in 1982. I love the bass. <laughs> John I told Wright. Myself I, I told myself I wasn't going to do that, and I did it. <laughs> That's why I did it, because I told myself I wasn't going to do it. So th- Fish for dinner. This stuff we're reading is pretty much just sort of a synthesis of uh, their uh, wiki entries. <laughs> but I thought this uh, quote was really, uh, really pretty good. John Wright. You want to read it? You read it, yeah. I'll read this yeah. one later reflected on No Means No's guitarless sound. Without a guitar player, you can't rely on the standard hooks that punk rock and rock and roll in general relies on. The guitar player, the guitar god, quote unquote, was such a focus for so long that by the nature of not having a guitar player, the bass and the drums have to do a lot more. And they do. It also makes the vocals more important, or at least makes it uh, makes a lot more room for the vocals. You don't have guitar solos, you don't have the wash of high end. And the things you do on the drums are different because if you just did a straight four beat on the drums, they get kind of dull after a while. It isn't as though bass guitar hasn't been a prominent instrument at times in other bands, but it made us approach things differently. Our song structure couldn't just be verse, chorus, verse. It had everything to do with how our sound got off to a unique start. I'll, I'll go next. Guitarist Andy Kerr. I think that's how you say his last name. I always said Kerr, but I, I've heard since it's Kerr. Joined the band in 1983. John and Andy had known each other in high school where John played drums and jazz band. John was also a member of one of Andy's earlier bands, The Infamous Scientists. Kerr's guitar and vocals lent the band a harder edge sound with more obvious hardcore punk influence than the Wright's output as a duo. Kerr also contributed to songwriting and increasingly took on more responsibility for lead vocals as Rob Wright suffered from nodules on his vocal cords. 
No Means No released the You Kill Me EP in 1985 on Undergrowth Records, followed up by their second LP and first with Kerr, Sex Mad. Kerr and the Wrights also began performing, performing Ramones covers and more traditional punk music as the Hanson Brothers, a side project that would receive more of their attention after Andy's departure from No Means No. No Means No soon signed with Alternative Tentacles. This, along with frequent touring in North America and Europe, helped them to build a larger audience and loyal fan base. Extensive touring permitted them to quit their day jobs about 1990. Alternative Tentacle support facilitated No Means No being one of the first Western bands to play in Eastern Europe before the fall of communism, a fact which garnered them a devoted following in Poland, among other countries where they retain enthusiastic fans to this day. Hi, Pavel. (laughs) Nice. In 1988, the group issued The Day Everything Became Nothing EP and the small parts isolated and destroyed LP. Alternative Tentacles compiled the two together on a single CD, The Day Everything Became Isolated and Destroyed. As Rob Wright's vocal cords began to heal, he returned to primary vocal duties. In 1989, the band issued their fourth album, Wrong, to wide critical acclaim. The band's extensive touring in support of the record is documented in part on the Live and Cuddly album, recorded in Holland in 1990. John Wright later reported that circa 1990, the band became profitable enough that we didn't have to have day jobs. The band released a collaborative LP with Jello Biafra, the sky is fall- called The Sky is Falling and I Want My Mommy, in 1981. Shortly 91. thereafter... What's that? 91. Did I say... What- what did I say? Misinformation. Fake news. You said 81. Oh. Can't count that so I'll start over again. The it's band, all good. <clears throat> the, bass, the bass in this band <laughs> required the sky is falling and I want my mommy in 1991. Shortly thereafter, they issued Zero Plus Two Equals One, their fifth album and final release with Kerr. After touring in support of Zero Plus Two Equals One, Kara left No Means No in 1982 to emigrate to the Netherlands. 92. What is it with you in the 80s? Oh my God, did I do it again? You did it again. Oh. 92 oh, people. I, I don't want to read anymore. No, I love it. No, it's not right. It's all good. It's, good. it's all good. And wow. uh, yeah, Andy wow. actually. Give me something without dates in it, for Christ's sake. He emigrated for love. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I think it was she was uh, their distributor, their European distributor. Yeah, she worked for Kerrang or Con- Concrete. De, Con- or- De Conquerant? De Conquerant? Yeah, 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 I think yeah. that was it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. We hung out at Auntie's uh, birthday party a little, little while ago. I was extremely drunk and hopefully didn't embarrass myself too much. <laughs> also hung out with his son. Uh, like, It's hard not to ask a question. Like, So is it weird you're out? There's a whole bunch of people here because your dad... Your dad used to be in a His son is awesome and loves yeah. awesome fucking music. He yeah. and I yeah. bonded. He looks like his dad, doesn't he? Jesus. You I got to bond over like Pavement and Secret Chiefs Three, all these bands that most No Means No folks don't know. So mm-hmm. it was great. To know about yeah. Anyways, so I'll, I'll continue on here. With the support of Alternative Tentacles, the Hanson Brothers became another musical focus for the Wrights. With John acting as the lead vocalist, the Wright Brothers were joined by guitarist Tom Holliston, right? of the show business giants and drummer Ken Jensen of DOA to release a full-length LP, Gross Misconduct, in 1992. Not 82, 92. Following the project's genesis, doing Ramones covers, the Hanson Brothers' sound was a more straight-ahead punk endeavor. 
Their hockey theme and name were derived from the 1977 film Slapshot, starring oh, Paul awesome Newman. Movie. Awesome movie. I've never seen it, actually. Oh, my, oh my God. Their, their clear influence from the Ramones continued to be acknowledged with direct and parodied cover versions, as well as every Hanson's member sharing a surname. Their rotating cast of drummers was likely less intentional, especially considering the tragic death of Ken Jensen in 1995. Um, I think, what do you guys think about this? That uh, Their focus on the Hansons after Andy's departure. I don't think I ever heard uh, any sort of pre-Tom stuff, although I, I'd heard Hanson Brothers before there was Hanson release, releases. Um, but I think it kind of compartmentalized their more straight-ahead punk instincts, and um, it, did, it wasn't in No Means No as much after that. What do you guys think? I, I own, and this is... I think probably completely wrong. I would agree with you, but part of what I think that is, is I think that I get the feeling that John writes a lot of the Hanson Brothers music. And so oh, he yeah. channeled a lot of that writing in there. Mm-hmm. I actually feel some of that in Ausfart. And I think John wrote a lot of Ausfart and Rob did. And so I, you, there, as you've talked about in episodes that no one else has heard yet, the like, you know, there was Mr. Happy, there was one, those were Rob centric uh, albums For really. Sure. And it's almost, almost like that was where Rob was getting his juice out and John was over in the Hanson Brothers getting his juice out. So I think you're right. There was sort of a, a, a divergence of the streams a little bit. So, yeah, I think you're right on point. Hmm. So I dare read another. Yeah, you do. Got a yeah. date in it. Wish me luck. At least I didn't say bass. <laughs> The the Wrights returned to a two-piece existence for a short short time, assembling material for a six-no-means-no LP and recorded Why Do They Call Me Mr. Happy in 1993 as a duo. Thank you. Thank you. The Wright brothers also remained active with their endeavors. Rob Wright began performing as a solo artist under the name Mr. Wrong, appearing as a character dressed as an... I'll say it for me. Authoritarian priest. By the way, he's wearing some of his dad's clothes. In, in nice. The, yeah, I think the hat's his dad. I'm not. I'm, the, hat, the hat is his dad's. I'm not sure about the shirt or the pants, but I know the hat is belonged to his dad. Crazy. John Wright became a member of DOA for several years. The brothers. Which I didn't actually know about that. I did not know that. Yeah. That took me totally by surprise. I, I forgot where I heard it. Are you, you know what? You know where I think I do know where where I heard it? Somebody in their family I was Facebook friends with and they had the picture up of Rob with the outfit on and said, Oh, that's 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 our dad's hat from when he was in the you know, service or something. Like, oh Yeah, I, I saw a photo. Thanks, Shelly. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's let's see, where was I? John Wright became a member of DOA for several years. The brothers also continued to expand their Wrong Records label. The Wrights uh, also compiled the collection Mr. Wright and Mr. Wrong, One Down and Two to Go, comprising early demos, studio outtakes, and additional material, which was released on Wrong Records in 1993. No means no regained a guitarist, longtime friend and collaborator, Tom Holliston, in 1993. <laughs> Hollison was also a member of No Means No's alter ego band, the Hanson Brothers, which we have mentioned, as well as his own project, Show Business Giants. All No Means No members had some degree of participation in Show Business Giants, but Hollison was a consistent core of the project. They released several tapes 
two LPs on major, major labels, which I think was part of the post-Nirvana casting about for the next Nirvana, and several independently released albums. Showbiz didn't have a regular lineup, though some members participated more than others. It was, and perhaps still is, a who's who of Victoria and Vancouver musicians. And I think that uh, Showbiz Giants and uh, Tom's solo releases are perhaps a better reflection of his vast musical knowledge and interests than his uh, contributions to No Means No would indicate. What do you guys think of oh, that? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I, I love Tom in No Means No, but he's, I think, uh, very consciously and in a way that's very generous supporting the brothers, right? I, I don't, I don't, and, and maybe this is a bit heretical to say, but I don't know that he intended or did imprint, have as much of an imprint on the band as Andy did. He's integral to it, but he was supporting the brothers' vision, it felt like, more than than asserting himself. And I, I mostly would say that's true, having heard his the rest of his output, which is, you know, you could say it's so different. Yeah, that's true, but it's so good and oh, so he's broad. A great that, songwriter. Uh, he's a yeah. great lyricist, and he's a dork. Absolutely, yeah. And, so and it, I would agree. Perfect. Some yeah. of the stuff, I mean, is uh, is is really just sort of tongue-in-cheek, wordplay, clever stuff. And then some of the songs are, you know, extremely affecting. Like the world is too crowded is such an amazing, beautiful song. Um, yeah, Tom's uh, Tom's incredible, and I'm lucky to have uh, seen him a couple times. It's just him and himself uh, in various like coffee shops and wherever else around town. So yeah, it's too bad he doesn't live in Vancouver anymore. So. Ken Kempster joined the band around the same time as a second drummer and toured with them sporadically for three years. First time I got to see them. The band moved to Vancouver, British Columbia around this time and continued to tour heavily. The first No Means No album to feature Halston was The Worldhood of the World as Such, released in 1995. After focusing briefly on the Hanson Brothers and releasing their second LP, Sudden Death, No Means No followed the EPs, followed with the EPs, Would We Be Alive? and In the Fish Tank 1, each featuring a cover of Would We Be Alive by The Residents. Their eighth studio album, the double LP Dance of the Headless Bourgeoisie, was released in 1998. The band issued its final album on Alternative Tentacles in 2000, entitled One. It featured a a slow stoner rock cover of the Ramones' Beat on the Brat, and a 15-minute version of Miles Davis's Bitches Brew with electric piano and congas, the album was well-received. Three outtakes from the album were also issued as the Generic Shame EP on Wrong. I was kind of, uh, we've talked about this a little bit on albums, but I I haven't had an opportunity to check it out, but uh, we've all kind of heard little threads of a rumor that this was initially going to be a Mr. Right and Mr. Wrong release, and then they ended up being a, a No Means No One. But uh, maybe we'll solve that mystery in future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's a good mystery to, to try to dig into. The band left Alternative Tentacles in 2002 and slowly began reissuing their back catalog through Wrong and uh, distributed Southern Records. With uh, their new drummer, Ernie Hawkins, the Hanson Brothers released their third album, My Game, later that year. In the hiatus before their next album, they issued the best of compilation, The People's Choice. And uh, didn't you want to talk about the cover of that one, Michelle? I, I love the, the cover of that. And if you haven't seen it, please go look. It is the best 
comeback and, ever. And there's a, and, and I think it's actually a, a good place to mention that that's actually one of the only albums and bits of No Means No that you can go and stream anywhere. So you can find that album on Spotify, The People's mm -hmm. Choice, see that mm -hmm. cover that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But for those who are getting interested in this band or are interested because of what, God forbid, what we've been talking about in this podcast, it's super fucking hard to find their music right now. Hopefully that won't be the case forever. Love to see them reissue this shit, but boy, it's hard to find No Meets No stuff. So, but you can't find that. It's got some great fucking songs on it. That's on Spotify. And Indeed. the cover's awesome. Yeah. So their 10th studio album, All Roads Lead to Ausfart, was released in August 22nd, 2006 by Antacid Audio in the United States and Southern in Europe. And a little bit of trivia there, it was originally going to be called Nihilism for Dummies, but the Dummies uh, book logo and name is copyrighted, and so they couldn't use that. So they had to go with uh, All Roads Lead to Ausfart. But originally, Nihilism for Dummies. Huh. And a good uh, chunk band, of that album was recorded uh, uh, at my my buddy's uh, record, rec recording studio, and I was actually there for nice. some of the some of the bass. Whoa, son of a bitch! Son of a bitch! Get out of here! Yeah. That's Colin band from the Hive. <laughs> nice. So the band toured frequently in the years that followed, but ceased recording albums. Ooh. Fang drummer Mike Brownham joined the Hanson Brothers in 2008. And in 2010, No Means No digitally released outtakes and demos from the Zero Plus Two Equals One sessions, titling it Zero Plus Two Equals One and a Half. They next released two four-track EPs, Tour EP1, alternatively known as Old, and Tour EP2, alternately known as Jubilation. They continued performing live through 2013 and toured as the Hanson Brothers in the following year with Byron Slack on drums, but entered a hiatus thereafter. And their last appearance altogether was um, at the Smiling Brewery Western. Cabaret. Oh, was it? I thought it was at the Western, uh, the 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 Hall of Fame uh, show. I, I think this was, was that, after that. And it was there was with that the that? Yeah, it was a, it was a no means it was a no means Ramones. So they were uh, just playing oh. straight up Ramones covers, wearing wigs and stuff. Gotcha. And <laughs> I wish I wish that I I wish I had better memories of that. That uh, it's it's an awesome venue. It has a half pipe like right built into it, and the stage is up at the front. Sadly, they had only a single bathroom, and I spent most of the show queued up for the for the toilet. <laughs> oh no. Yep. That's the show you went with me to, Matthew. I know, I know. I was going to go by myself, and you're like, you're not going down there by yourself. <laughs> yeah. You grabbed me and, and lot. your friends, and like, what, there was four or five of us. I remember handing out earplugs out front, and people on, that were on the street were thinking I was handing out something else. <laughs> oh, that's right. It was so cold that night. No, I got to tell you, it was so cold that night. And when I got back home after the gig very late at night, I, I, I was still so cold. And I just, I couldn't sleep for because of what I just witnessed. Cause it was just, that's the closest to the Ramones that I'll ever see. But I just, I was still so cold. And I was in bed, like being so thankful for my bed and my blankets, thinking of the people that were unfortunately outside of the venue not doing so well and i was just hoping they were warm with whatever they had yeah that venue is in the uh the heart of the, the poorest postal code in in uh, canada on oh, oh, 18th so. street yeah it was I, I that really really made me sad that night i gotta tell you i i couldn't sleep 
and I don't. It was half because of what I just saw, but it was half because of what I'd seen, you know. Yeah, no, Vancouver's yeah, got a pretty great, dark, great dark side. It's the first time I ever saw a chai pig I'd never known. I was like, who's this fucking guy with this great jacket on? He's got a, like, for sale sign taped on the back. What the fuck is this guy? Chai <laughs> 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 pig. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, I miss running into him. Oh, so, yeah, he was there. He was there. Yeah. yeah. And then Rob walked in. He had, like, this, 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 uh, uh, what do, what do you call the shirts? No. I'm blanking on the shirts. You know, shirts. Nirvana type shirts with, with the grunge look. What are those called? The freaking oh, oh. Flannel. Yeah, Rob came out in this grandpa flannel and. Or was it a storm rider? Diving right through, just part in the waters. I'm like, oh my god, look at the. You wouldn't even know he was in a band or gonna play with what he was wearing, but then he just parted the waters and walked on through with his bass. So. After his department puts back on track now. After his departure, I think we missed we missed the sad part. Oh, oh we did. Oh my god! I just I had to block it out. I had to. I unconsciously passed right out of it. I just went right through it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna back up. Tom Hollison announced his departure from the band in summer 2016, and on September 24th, John Wright announced No Means No's official retirement. Oh. oh. After his departure. Kerr, Andy Kerr, went on to work with his longtime friend and collaborator, Scott Henderson of Shovelhead, releasing two LPs as Hiss and All. And, you know, I tried to edit because there was a Shovelhead was spelled wrong in the in the wiki entry. I tried to, I tried to edit it. And because I had my VPN on, um, I have now been banned from um, editing Wikipedia until September. <laughs> great stuff he, he later released solo material and started a project called Two Pin Den with former dog-faced Herman's drummer Wilf Plum in 2005 and that's a fantastic album oh my god they all are the, the, the hiss oh, and alls and the Two Pin Dens and uh, yeah awesome. his uh, the uh, once bitten what is it once oh. bitten twice removed oh my god that album is so Sick. good give it up so Holliston continued to produce show business giants releases and solo, solo albums during his time in No Means No. But after No Means No retirement, uh, Holliston continued to perform occasionally on small solo tours with musical collaborators. John Wright began working with the all robot rock band Compressor Head and following his long enthusiasm for brewing beer, opened a pub in Powell River, British, British Columbia in 2019. Rob Wright has, was interested in electronic music for a time, but now mostly plays golf i think i wish i'd gone to that show apparently he he did a show at the cobalt and it was just like him and he was doing bleepy bloopy things and i, I wish i'd seen it but i don't what? think no that's kidding. Gonna happen again. can you imagine <laughs> i mean we'll get to that eventually but you can certainly hear that in those last two tour eps how much he's fucking around and like towing up to mm. all the weird production you can i hear i hear in that mm. in that late music anyway we'll get there someday a fan community was quite active in the early 2000s, but the No Means Whatever forum was defunct what? not long after the band was. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. Hey. Online fan interaction gave way to Facebook, while the official No Means No website remains static. And uh, I wrote a little note to myself at the end here, being from Victoria as they are. Uh, no Means No are one of the most successful musical acts out of Victoria, yet very few Victorians actually know who they are. And I would personally prefer Victoria be known for them instead of Nelly Furtado and David Foster. 
and the fact that Flea used to have a girlfriend from there. <laughs> I didn't know anything about those other facts, so now well, I know even more about it. Real deal, baby. Also, I went to kindergarten with Steve Nash. Ha! Nice, nice. So now you've sat through a people's history of one of the best bands of all time. If you were already a fan of this, you probably clicked off after about five minutes and you're not listening <laughs> to this part because you knew all this shit. Uh, if you haven't clicked off yet, the next episode in your feed, hopefully, if we got this right, is us talking about how we got introduced to the band and uh, what they mean to us. Then by episode three, episode two, whatever the fuck you want to call it, I don't know what the numbers will be. Then we really dive into the music and really start talking about the individual songs. So hopefully you'll join us on this uh, really weird journey that we decided to do. And uh, yeah, I, I'm going to do the obligatory thing that I haven't done on any of the other episodes that we've recorded yet and say, you can reach out to us at at no means no. Oh, no, no. At no means nothing on Twitter or the old fashioned way. You can email us at no means nothing podcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you unless you want to tell us to fuck off, in which case. Oh, fuck you too. That too. No, no. We love you. We love you. We really Wait, do. Before you sign off though. Yeah. Could we give some people like what would be a good intro thing to listen to, or what would what should well, this we? This is what's hard. Where do you direct them these days? People's choices out there, but you can't find their stuff anywhere. You can't right, stream it. Right, right, right. right. I use uh, YouTube Music, and there seems to be YouTube a lot is of. It. You're right. I'm yeah. sorry. You're totally right. People have uh, thrown all kinds of stuff, probably illegally, up there. But uh, it's all there. I, I've never really found, found any difficulty finding anything I wanted to find from No Means No. It's all there. Uh, yeah, yeah, no matter what product. you click on, it's going to be killing. So, what's so the, as a as a little sidebar? What each of you, both of you guys, recommend one song for someone to try to look up, and uh, and as an introduction, because that's who we're taking to here. Not not fans, but people who don't know this band very well. What would you? What would you? Help hmm. them? What's their gateway drug? Oh my god, I started. It's a tough one, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do the perennial uh, look up rags and bones. I'm going to claim it. It's not, I don't know, you know, it's so typical. The fans are cringing right now if they're listening, but holy shit, that's a good introduction. You know, I have to go with now. Yeah. yeah. The, the first Fine. song off of uh, zero plus two equals one. Yep. That's a good one. Michelle. Yeah, I'll pick the day everything became nothing. Perfect. Three good songs from three different albums. We've got Rags and Bones. We've got Day Everything Became Nothing. And we've got Now. Just type in No Means No in any of those titles into the YouTubes and uh, get your ass handed to you by some of the best music around. (laughs) And then join us for the rest of the podcast. I I really hope you do. Thanks for Uh, bearing with us and hope that uh, this has stimulated your interest and not turned you completely off. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, it's been fun. We'll see you on the other side. Now if I had the courage, I'd pour into your jaw. All the things that I have heard you whisper in the dark And when that jar was heavy with your honeyed confidence I'd put it to my lips and drink its meaning and its sense Its meaning and its sense It has no end, so let's pretend it's now
let's get started now. Let's get started now. Oh, now. Oh, now. Oh, We're, we're a positive band. 